0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Oasis podcast. Oasis is the college and young adult ministry at Park West Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Come hang out with us if you're ever in the area on a Thursday night. We'd love to meet you face to face. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on social media at Oasis PwC to stay updated with everything going on here with the Oasis family. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. Let's jump in. We're gonna to go to the book of First Timothy. Turn to your neighbor and say, First Timothy. We're gonna start a new sermon series tonight called Strings Attached. Turn to your neighbor and say, There are strings attached. No, for real. There are strings attached. First Timothy, we're gonna be in chapter five. Holler at me when you've got it. He said, I'm ready. Alright, we good? five four three two it'll be on the screen chapter five of first timothy starting in verse one it says do not rebuke an older man harshly but exhort him as if he were your father treat younger men as brothers older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity tonight i want to start our our strings attached sermon series With a message that i'm going to title the key to healthy relationships turn to your neighbor say oh oh will you pray with me god thank you for who you are thank you for this incredible group of people i thank you that we get to be here tonight that we get to be a part of what you're doing in our church and in our city god i ask that you will open hearts and minds tonight to hear from you ask that you'll touch my vocal cords god to just be able to preach Uh, and then not be worrying about it. But Lord, we thank you for who you are. We honor you and we say yes to whatever you want to do tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You know, I have not always been married to this wonderful woman that led worship tonight. There was a dark time where I was in the dating scene. Holler at me, all the single people in the house, right? You're like, oh yeah, single people. I'm just letting you know what you're working with, right? Like, just letting you know what you're working with. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. And while, while listen, this is not going to be like a dating sermon series, okay? This is going to be a relationship sermon series. We're going to touch on everything from family drama to husband and wife stuff. When you start getting married and some of you are like, oh my God, what is Pastor going to talk about one week? We'll just come that week. We'll see what happens. We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about friendships. What does it look like to have healthy relationships, right? We want to give you some tools for just healthy boundaries and more intentionally, biblical principles. You know, let's talk about it. Okay, dating. I got a story. Like I said, I wasn't always married to this wonderful woman. And there was a time when I was in the whole dating scene and uh, it's a situation, right? Anybody? Like, you know what I'm saying, Right. It's it is right. My God, I pray for you people. I really do. No, 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 for real. Like I really do. Like Livy and I, we do. We pray. Like God, thank you for our group. Thank you for our congregation. Thank you for godly spouses coming in. Amen. Anybody? Hallelujah. So I had I had met this girl. I was talking to this girl, and uh, she she loved to sing. She loved Jesus. So I'm like, hey, that's two great boxes, right? I'm going into ministry. I'm like, you can sing and you love Jesus. We're good, right? So we started talking a little bit, and um, I'm gonna be straight with you, she was real into me. It it is what it is. And I had been asked to preach this random weekend retreat for a friend, and she was like, I wanna come, can I come, can I come? Well, it just so happened a buddy of mine was leading worship for the trip, and she was friends with them. So we all loaded up in this massive van and drove to this weekend retreat. We get up there, and uh, (laughs) we set up, we're doing our thing, leading worship, It was good. Worship was good. I cried. Like, the Holy Spirit showed up. It was one of those nights where, like, worship was two hours long. Again, it was a youth retreat. Anybody, you know what I'm saying. It was a two-hour long worship service, and I'm, like, rubbing snot off my face because now I'm the man of God that's supposed to preach, and I was way too young probably to have been the man of God that was supposed to preach. But I was so excited about it. I take the mic, preach the word, did the best that I could. God moved. It was awesome. Was We get in the van to go home. (laughs) And we had this whole, whole posse. And at this point, it's like 3 in the morning we're driving home the rest of the way. And it just so happened we had brought this little girl with us. There was a close family friend that was incredible. She was like 10 or 11 years old, sweet as can be, so dear to my heart. I was sitting between this little girl and this girl that I had been talking to. And we stopped to, to get gas at a gas station, and I'm going inside to get, like, a Gatorade or an IC or whatever I was feeling. I come back, and I sit down between the two of them, and something had gone down. (laughs) Like, it was immediately, something's not right. She wouldn't look at me. The little girl wouldn't look at me. It was so awkward. And they didn't even really know each other all that much, right? So now I'm going, oh, my gosh, what has happened? So the girl that I've been talking to, she gets her phone out. And, you know, like when you're sitting close to somebody, so you're not going to just text them. You're just going to type in your notes and show them what you're saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's where we're at. She's typing in her notes, and she's like, boy, while you was gone, I said this, and she said this, and now I realize what has happened. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? So see what had happened was. See what had happened was. I got out of the van, and as I was getting out, this girl that I was talking to, she mumbled something under her breath about me being cute or something. And the little girl, I kid you not, she goes, what? She was 10 years old. She goes, excuse me? And no, it wasn't my wife. Let me be clear. That wasn't my wife. This little girl, so young. She goes, "Uh, he's supposed to marry Olivia Harris. So I get back in the van. Some stuff has gone down. And let me, at this point, I didn't know that I would, I did, in fact, go on to marry Olivia Harris. But I didn't know in that moment that that was what's supposed to happen. So now I'm sitting in the van and we are an hour and a half from home at three in the morning. And I'm having this note conversation like, who is Olivia Harris? I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, the reason that I share that story is you're not just dealing with dating drama, y'all are dealing with church dating drama. I once had—I shouldn't give you all the good stories on the first night, but I'm feeling it. On, it. I once—I took—I went and worked at youth camp or something, and I came back and went into my office. I was like 20, 21. I just started working on staff, and I walked into my office and I had a voicemail on my phone, on my office phone. I pull it up and it's this sweet old lady from another church. She said, Caleb, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm so-and-so's grandmother. And he and I had lunch this week, and I just kept thinking about you. And I was like, she goes, there is the sweetest little worship leader girl in my church. (laughs) And you just got to meet her. Her name is blah, 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 blah. You can find her on Facebook by going to blah, 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 blah. I will text you her picture, and you can figure out whether or not you think that this could be a thing. I just really feel like God's in this. I'm listening to this voicemail like, you called the church. Somebody, she had to, I just wonder like what, what admin assistant answered the church phone that day. She's like, I need to get a hold of Pastor Caleb now. I have a word from the Lord. Y'all, I never called her back. I, I ghosted this poor old lady. Man, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then the good Lord brought me Olivia and praise God, here we are. Dating. Yeah, my goodness. Dating is a whole situation, y'all. Dating is a whole situation. And sadly, there's not like a plethora of scripture about dating specifically, okay? And some of you are like, I have been looking on YouVersion forever. And there's just not a good Bible study on dating. Okay, right. <laughs> We're going to help you out. We're going to help you out. But there are a ton of scriptures about love. I'm going to hit you with a couple real quick. It won't be on the screen, so just flow just with me. John chapter 13, verse 34, He says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is Jesus speaking, the one that died for you. He says, as I've loved you, you must love one another. John chapter 15, greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friend, First Corinthians thirteen. This is the wedding scripture right here. If you've ever been to a wedding ever, you have heard this passage. And if you ask me to do your wedding, you more than likely will hear this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, starting in verse four: Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not. Some of y'all are quoting this. You've been to too many weddings. It is not proud. <laughs> It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay, so there's a lot of things that love is, right? But there's equally a lot of things that love is not. So let me come out swinging a little bit. So often, the drama in the dating world, and in the dating scene, especially with, with young people, and I'll let you decide what, what, how you determine young people, okay, is there's a whole lot of something going on that doesn't have any kind of love in it. And things get really, really complicated when love is removed from the context. You see, because if love does not dishonor others, we probably should stop gossiping about everybody's business. I'm just going to read them off. If love is not selfish or self-seeking, we should stop looking for other people to meet our every need. If love treats young women as sisters and young men as brothers, would love indulge in pornography? If love protects, then sexuality is going to be protected. If love rejoices with truth, why would we lie to impress other people? If love sacrifices, we might need to take a step back and process whether or not love is really what's happening in our dating relationships. My goodness. You see, love makes a difference. Love is where everything comes into context where you're able to see people around you and see you the way you're supposed to because you understand the love of the Heavenly Father. Love makes the difference. A relationship without love is like unsweet tea. It looks all right on the outside, but it tastes something nasty. 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 Don't come at me with that stuff. First Timothy five, our opening passage. I'm gonna read it one more time, probably five or six more times because we need this. First Timothy chapter five, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older men or older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. I wanna encourage you, take this passage of scripture, type it out somewhere, print it out, staple it all over your house. I'm not kidding. I know it sounds so crazy, but I am convinced that this passage is what is like the cheat code for life. Okay, the context here is the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a young man named Timothy. Timothy was just put in position as the pastor of the church in Ephesus. So the Apostle Paul, the guy, right, the Apostle Paul that wrote a ton of the New Testament has been traveling all over the place and all these churches have popped up. And he finds Timothy, who's this young anointed man of God. And he says, hey, you're the guy for Ephesus. You're in charge. So in First and Second Timothy, we find all these passages of scripture that we quote a lot for like young leaders for sure. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. But set an example in purity and love and in action, right? So this is the same context. The apostle Paul writes to Timothy to a young man that's just stepped into his anointing. So let me speak to the young men for a minute. You're trying to figure this thing out. What does it look like to be the priest of your home one day? What does it look like to move out of your parents' house? Like, it, it, this is some intimidating stuff. <laughs> like, like, really, it's good and it's exciting. But sometimes it's freaky. And how do you handle the, the tension and the drama with your parents? I fought, my poor mom is the sweetest woman on the planet. And her and I fought so much from when I turned like 19 to 21 or 22. There's this tension that happens, especially in a young man. You start getting like, man, give me my space, right? Like, give me, what does it look like to step out, to figure out who you are, who God has called you to be, and then how do you handle the people around you in the process? The Apostle Paul said it to Timothy. I'll tell you how you do it. Do not rebuke an older man harshly. That means when your dad, when an elder talks to you, respect them. Somebody. But exhort him as if he were your father. Honor him. You've got to understand, again, the context. Back then, the male line was, would have been who would have received the highest inheritance. It would have been the lineage that would have continued on. So when he says exhort him as if he was your father, he's saying, man, your father is the king of that house. So you come across another older man, you treat him like the king of the house. Treat younger men as brothers some younger men need to hear that. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. All right, now hear me, ladies in the room. You've got your own junk you're trying to figure out. How to deal with the goobers that keep coming along and sneaking in your DMs, right? Lord, I pray for you more than I pray for the boys. I'm going to be honest. I really do. I really do sorry i love you guys the girl's always right like it just that's generally how this thing goes (laughs) but you got to figure this out too what does life look like for you what do you need to pray for in your future husband right where do you put the lines for what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow and i'm just not i'm not just talking physically how late are you going to text that guy back at night at what point are you going to say, boy, I don't like you? That's a whole other situation for a whole other day. But if I had a dollar for how many confusing things happened because a girl didn't want to hurt a boy's feelings. And we just lingered it on for 30 days. We'll talk about that one day. But equally, hear me out. Man, I'm, on, I'm stomping toes and I don't even care. Equally, boy, stop it. She ain't into you. If you've been trying for six months. She ain't into you. And that's okay. That's okay. Because if you know your worth, you chill out. My God. Younger women, you're starting to walk this thing out. Don't get distracted by all the noise around you. Hear me, young ladies. And don't compare yourself to other women. Let's do it one more time. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Ladies, if these are your sisters, they are not your competition. Woo! Relationships can be difficult. Hear me. Relationships can be difficult, but they do not have to be destructive. Write it down. Circle it. Print it out. Relationships. And family and date, and friendships all over the place. Drama happens, and it can be difficult, but it does not have to be destructive. There are times when stuff happens, and you really do. You have to just distance yourself from somebody because it's not what's healthy. Use happens. Real life takes place, and you have to give some separation. But the majority of the time, this doesn't have to be, yeah, we dated for three months, so now we can't talk to each other ever again. It doesn't have to be, yeah, I met this person at that church group, so I'm never going back to that church group because it didn't work out. If we're honest, if we're real, if we love, a lot of this takes care of itself. The key to having healthy relationships is knowing your worth and the worth of those around you. One more time. The key to healthy relationships, dating, family, friends, all of it, is knowing your worth, and knowing the worth of those around you. Amen? The problem with this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul says it pretty clearly to Timothy, right? You treat older men this way, women that way, young men this way, young ladies that way, but there's not a whole lot of space in between the lines here for why that's often so hard. Jansen, you can come on up if you want to. The reality is when a, when a person first gets saved in the church world, especially like right now in our culture, we throw around this term like Heavenly Father, right? In some cultures you're going to hear like Daddy God and some people that just drives them crazy. Yeah, I said that just for y'all and it was so worth it. It was so worth it. The context of that is Abba Father. That's literally what it means. Dad my God, my dad, right? But oftentimes somebody gets saved and we're like, yeah, you're going to love God because he's a father. They're like, yeah, my dad used to beat me. Too real? We're like, yeah, he's, he sticks closer than a friend. Like, yeah, I've not had good luck with friends. And when we start trying to go in and, and treat people the way the Bible says we need to treat them, We get really caught really quick because that's a lot easier said than done if we're carrying all this baggage and all this junk because we see through this twisted perspective. So it's hard to walk in the room and to just treat young men and young ladies like they're totally normal because of all the porn and all the abuse and all the junk. It's hard to come in and trust. We have some incredible adult leaders in the room and sometimes even coming down to them for prayer can be hard because you just you start thinking about the the uncle that was abusive or the family member that ah uh, how do you deal with that you see i genuinely believe that knowing your worth and knowing the worth of those around you is the key to healthy relationships but that's step 2 step 1 is Jesus, I've got to have some healing right now. I've been through some stuff, and I hear that. It sounds good. It would definitely simplify dating. (laughs) But that doesn't always flesh out this way. And oftentimes, it's because of the hurt and the junk. So heads bowed and eyes closed across the room. Earlier, when I was thinking about this moment, I felt like God just wanted, to, wanted this to be an intimate, private thing between you and Him. For those of you in the room that you would say, yeah, the connection here is kind of tough. Maybe it's a, been an abusive thing. Maybe um, just treating people like friends is hard because of the betrayal that's happened young men in the room, you feel like you've been in competition and there's this pride and security battle and all this junk. Young women in the room, you've been comparing yourself to everybody, trying to figure out what that looks like to be who you want to be, to be who you want people to see you as. Whatever the habit or bondage or hang up or junk is, if you're in the room and you would say, Caleb, I can't do step two yet because I am hurting so bad, would you just throw a hand up for me with nobody else looking around? Yeah. Hands up all over the place. Praise God. Here's what I want you to do. Staying right where you are in this reverent, holy moment. Everybody in the room, I want to encourage you to put your hands out in front of you with your hands up. I had a pastor tell me when I was in college he said, we, we go around and we pray these prayers like, God, you do whatever you want to do in my life. God, you have your way. But then we get such a tight grip on every area of life. It is so much easier if we just live with open hands. So between you and Jesus right now in your heart and your mind, that hurt, that junk, that thing you're thinking about, you just lay it in that open hand. and you may even need to just wipe it off like you're wiping the the residue off because you're not going to walk out with it. Jesus, I thank you for... I thank you that your word says that though the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you that a great exchange took place. He became sin who knew no sin so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. So tonight, right now, in this moment, we relinquish the grip and the hold on the the junk that has had us. The sin, the habit, the lust, the abuse, the drama, the junk, we let it go And like a mighty rushing wind, Jesus, I ask that you will heal our hearts and our minds right now. It doesn't have to be this crazy big emotional thing. Just touch hearts right now. Come on, it's between you and Jesus. Just tell him you can have it. I don't want it anymore. I give it to you. And the beauty to living with an open hand is if you give him freedom to take something out of your hand, you're also giving him freedom to put something in it so God I ask that you will speak clearly with dreams and visions God I ask that you will bring guidance for what steps to take to walk forward in the healing that you've given us and in Jesus name I just declare perfect health no more anxiety fear or depression in Jesus name over this congregation and the families that they represent, over those that couldn't be here with us tonight, even because of panic attacks and breakdowns, I bind it in the name of Jesus. There is nothing too big for my God. And I believe you are moving mountains to do a work that only you can. So have your way, Lord Jesus. We give you the junk and the drama, and we ask that you will help us see our worth and see the worth of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.